We're here again, Steve. My favorite thing. I didn't even know I would love this so much. <laughs> Kingdom Come. We've got a great episode in store for you guys today. It's called American Church versus New Testament Church. And we're going to dive into this. And we want to give a shout out to all the cities that are listening. Steve, we're reaching about 34 markets right now. Uh, we want to say, uh, give a shout out to Bedford, Boston, Manchester, Mountain View, California, uh, Boardman, Oregon. Uh, we're reaching India, South Hall, England, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Queen Creek, Arizona, Barnstable, Mass, uh, Florida, Germantown, Maryland. We want to give a shout out to Houston, Texas, Sunapee, Columbus, Ohio, Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're reaching some markets, Steve. This is ridiculous. That is amazing that that is going on. Uh, thank you all for listening. And we're Eagle we're River, Alaska. Where Somebody from that? Alaska <laughs> is listening. Uh, Greenville, awesome. North Carolina, Reading, Pennsylvania, uh, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. And uh, so I'm humbled by this, Steve, that we get to do this and that people listen. And we want you to know we don't count it at all. This is very humbling. And for me, this is I, I these words are weighty, Steve, like yeah. this stuff really matters to us. And so we're going to dive into this, Steve, and it's going to be a healthy program. Yeah, and we're going to talk about. I think the cool thing, Scott, that you and I is, uh, you know, w you know, we get to talk about things um, without the lens on, without the the buffers, without uh, the things that people would say. Well, you can't talk about that on a Sunday morning and up at, in front of the church, right? And so we can talk about whatever we want to talk about. That's the best part in 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 Christ, exactly, and in love. Um, but you know, the reality is if the truth doesn't line up to your life, uh, we're still speaking truth. Yeah. I mean, the, the Bible is our, is our truth bearer. So everything in our life, we look back to the Bible guys to, to balance our lifestyle choices. Um, so when a friend like Steve brings something to my attention, I go to the Bible and I go to Steve and we talk about it. Yeah, that's that's what we're after in relationship. We talk about it. It is a life exchange that happens and it's healthy. And that's that's that, you know, iron sharpens iron right in relationship. And so so we're going to get into the show this morning and, and we're going to probably hit this topic for several episodes because it's such an important topic, Scott, right? The the American church system, the American church versus the New Testament church. And and what do you think is going to happen, Scott, when we dive into this topic? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to kick over some sacred cows. Uh oh You know, I did that in college. I went cow tipping, and it is difficult. <laughs> now, I was not of sound mind when I did it. I won't get into that story. Oh, boy. But I've been cow tipping in Pennsylvania, if you're listening from Reading, Pennsylvania. I, w I went to Penn State, and cow tipping is difficult. And... um. <laughs> <laughs> and i actually painted something on the cow i was very bad but that's under the blood but i say all that to say we're gonna tip some cows and steve it's funny in this season of life um I, i'm i am literally going back to the formation of how this whole thing started for myself and so that's why it's so humbling to be able to talk to these listeners because I don't have it all figured out. And I've been in the organized religion for 23 years. 
And by that, you mean Christianity. Christianity. So I grew up Catholic, was an altar boy till a sophomore in high school, and got born again, gave my life to Jesus, and that started me on a path, and I just, I went to church every Sunday, um, tried not to miss. In fact, I felt really guilty if I did. And now I'm in a different place. I'm going, wait a second. As I'm reading, I'm I'm what I'm reading is different than what I'm experiencing yeah. on a Sunday. And yep. so it's making me question things. I'm not angry. Right. Um I'm I'm a little disappointed, Steve, to be honest. Like, why aren't we doing this? Like, what has this become? Yeah. And that's what we that's what we're after. So we are gonna step on some toes, not not in an angry way, in a healthy way, because we love what Jesus did for us. You know, it's fun, interesting, Scott, because, you know, we, we meet people all the time, and, and those that are listening, right? We, you know, we've all heard, we all know people that have said the words, I love Jesus, but I've been hurt by the church. Yeah. And so we, we although we, we laugh and joke a lot, this is a very serious topic. Very. And, um, and it, uh, it's a serious topic because Jesus said, you know, it, it's his church. And Scott, Jesus loves his church. And so, you know, in Ephesians 5, you know, verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. And he gave himself for the church that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but should be holy and without blemish. And so Jesus loves the church. We ought to love the church. And so, uh, but yet we meet people all the time that are hurt. They love Jesus, but they've been deeply hurt and they no longer go to church uh, and they walk around wounded. Yeah, they they basically said, I don't, you know, the word on the street that I hear at the festival is, I don't want anything to do with this. Yeah. And I go, good, like, that's okay. Um, but Jesus still cares about you. Yeah. And so do I. And it's interesting because when we, so we're going to start to dissect, you know, this statement that is, is in hurt, that is, uh, you know, plaguing i would say probably millions of people that would call themselves a christian but they're not really connected to anything and the first thing i want to point out is the church is not a building you know we 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 have to we have to realize there's a lens in america we see church and christianity through the americanized church system and so there's a number of things, this first one being the church is a building. Church is not a building. The ch- we're the church, Scott. That's how it's supposed to be. And it's really hard to get that through our thick American skulls, Steve, because we've been on autopilot. You know, that's why I said in one episode, I don't have church clothes anymore. I said that to pivot your thinking like I, I am the church. That's I, right. I wear this all day long i wear it where i live i wear it where i go i no longer associate my christianity with going to the building that's right yeah because jesus you know paul says there is no other foundation that a man can lay in corinthians but the foundation of jesus christ himself and so it's really a matter of being placed on the foundation of jesus um, and then being in community with other believers. And we're going to talk about that. So when people say they hate the church, what they're actually saying is they hate the church system 
that hurt them. Yep. Not the church, the people. People. You I know, love pe- people. I love people too. Oh, it's my favorite thing is to be with people. Everybody who knows me knows that. I mean, if I could just hang out with a group of people and talk about Jesus, I'm like so content. Well, and it's um, and I, I and those that uh, you know have been hurt, it's somebody that you know uh, you know um, uh, took a place, you know, made them submit or made them do something or made them you know fill in the blank or said you know nasty things or you know, um, but it's 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 this system that where many of us live in in America, and so what I want to do, Scott is I want to look at, uh, take a moment and look at the formation of the American church, right? And so when we think about the American church, I'd say this is probably true for 95% of the churches in America. What do we have? We've got a senior pastor at the top. If it's a larger church, there's likely an associate pastor, maybe two. And then there's elders. Right. And there might be three, five, seven, ten elders, depending on how big the church is. And then there's the people, and um, even in the way I describe it, when you when you listen to the way I just described it, we all think about this this hierarchy, this triangle hierarchy, where it all leads to a single person at the top of the church. Would you say that's pretty accurate? Yeah, I mean, predominantly, that's the pretty average, typical American church model. Um, you know, there there's and most pastors would say they're accountable to those elders and they're accountable to a board, which is probably true. But the bottom line is they're the CEO of that church. Yeah. And, you know, um, you know, you, you'll hear in those, those staff meetings quite often. I've been on church staffs. The, the first thing they look at the dashboard is church attendance and giving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jesus didn't lead that way. He just didn't. He didn't care about church attendance or giving. <laughs> uh, it was different, Steve. Yeah. The, the barometers was different. Um, his dashboard was different than than a leader's dashboard in today's market. Uh, the market has changed, and so we've got to pivot. Yeah. Well, let's you know, and and you you know, you were on, on staff at a large church, thousands of people out on the West Coast, and here I was, you know, I was an elder, I was an ordained minister at one of the largest churches uh, in the '90s and early 2000s here in New Hampshire. So, you know, we're very Scott and I are very familiar, and we come from a place of, um, you know, having gone through the church system, and the Lord has awoken us. And so part of what we're doing um, is we're, you know, our, our small spoke in the wheel. Yeah. Because there are a lot of spokes in this wheel. We're not the only ones, uh, but we're just, we're two guys, but we're walking in our assignment is to help awaken people to the truth of Jesus's church. And, and so let's start with this. We, we just described the American church system, um, and so if that is what Jesus established, we should be able to see it in Scripture, right, Scott? Yeah, you would be able to, again, like we talked about just a few minutes ago, you would be able to take what we've talked about, go back to the Bible, and measure those statements against what you read in the Bible. That's called accountability. Right. <laughs> that's right. That's called biblical living. And if it's not in there, you're posed with this question. Wait a second. There's a paradigm. 
okay, what I read in the Bible is different than what I see. There's a conflict. Right. And that's where we're at. So let's let's so let's go first. Let's go to the Ephesian church, right? Because in Ephesus, if this model is the right way, then we're going to see this, right? So let's go to uh, uh, Acts chapter twenty, verse seventeen, and this is Paul here, right? And he says, "And from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church." Wait a second. He didn't call the pastor of the church, the senior pastor of the church. Wasn't he part of the? Uh association or network of pastors in that region well according to the scripture (laughs) it says he called for the elders of the church he called the elders so in the ephesians church there were elders okay let's hold on to that let's go to uh actually let's go to first peter uh just give me a second here as i as i uh flip over there and that's a joke because it's on my phone uh first peter chapter one and it says, and here's here's Peter, and he's writing, and he tells you, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, it says, And Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, uh, Cappadocia. Holy cow, that's uh, strangers. Cappuccino. Strangers. I didn't know Cappuccino was a city. <laughs> strangers. Read that one statement <laughs> about strangers scattered throughout. Yeah, it's amazing. To the, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, uh, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Sorry, I butchered that. So those are right. cities. Those are cities. And basically, Peter is writing in First Peter. He's writing to the people of those the churches in those cities. All right. So I just want to establish that 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 we that we see that. So then. Um, we're going to look at First uh, Peter chapter five. In this one, guys, this one's going to blow your socks off. First um, Peter chapter five, verse one, it says, "The elders which are among you." So I just read to you where these churches, these five churches, right? One of them is the Galatian church. The elders at these churches in these cities which are among you, I exhort you, who am also an elder. Hmm. Wait a second. Peter just said he was an elder. And he said that he's talking, he's writing to the elders of these churches. So in these, so we know in, in Ephesus, it was elders, not a senior pastor. And we know in, in, in Galatia and all these other cities that First Peter uh, references, they're elders. And then in the Jerusalem church, Peter refers to himself as an elder. And actually, uh, for you Greek scholars out there, the word elder is presbyterus, right? And so when when Peter says, I'm also an elder, it's actually the Greek word, some presbyterus, or translation, I'm a co-elder. Yeah, so there there was no, no one was above another person. Um, there was equal... They were equal laborers in the field of winning people to Jesus and discipling and stewarding people who converted. They were equals. There was no, no one was above anybody. There was equal signs over everybody's head. Why? Because we all carry something of value. Yeah. Steve is different than me. We still value each other. We still 
we still value, I value what Steve carries and vice versa. There's no, nobody's above anybody. Um, we all have experiences that have shaped us. So Peter must have seen himself. There must have been a level of accountability, Steve. And this is one of my favorite things in, in the American church system because, well, I won't, I won't even dive into it because it'll, it'll go on a tangent. <laughs> I have so much to say about this because I've worked at a 5,000-member church. I've worked at a 200-member church. I've worked at startups, and I service ministries from around the world for a living. So I've seen every gamut of the spectrum, and I want to tell you guys, this is the new way. The New Testament was never intended to become this, Steve. Yeah. It was it's so far off the grid. You mean the Americanized church? Yes, the yeah, Americanized yeah. church to snap it back to the formation and how this started. This is why this is such an important program. So please listen. Yeah, so and and so look, you need you need to understand like, you know, Scott and I, we didn't just get this overnight. Like the Lord began to awaken us to this. And so we are awakening the listeners to what the Bible actually says about the New Testament church. So we talked about the Ephesians church. We talked about the Galatian church, those other churches, the Jerusalem church. So in Jerusalem, Peter was a co-elder with other elders. And we know at a minimum, James was one of the other elders. <laughs> and so at a minimum, there were at least two elders, likely several others in the Jerusalem church. And they spoke to, uh, they wrote this letter to these other elders as co-elders, as, as, as peers with each other. And so let's see if this continues, right? In Acts chapter 14, verse 23, it says, and when, this is Paul, and when they had ordained them elders in every church. Wait a second. Today in our country, we have a senior pastor. Most churches have a senior pastor, a guy that's in charge and ultimately running the show. And I would say, and not for, not for all churches, there are wonderful pastors out there. By the way, we're not beating on pastors. We're, we're, just high, we're just bringing the truth of what the New Testament church, what Jesus instituted. And as we walk through this, you know, there's an awakening and there's a loving process and there's a you know this grace uh to follow and once we see the light then we can begin to move toward what is right and so uh you know paul and barnabas they set in elders not a pastor right they set in elders and so then we go to antioch right and we know in antioch uh, in acts chapter 13 uh in antioch geez i was just there hold on one second it says now they were in the church that was in antioch Certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas, Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius, a Serene, and uh, Menen. Oh gosh, I'm butchering these Steve names. Steve is so wise. I'm so bad at these names. <laughs> Just you can be a regular person and be okay with Jesus. And so here we are in Antioch. I, I think too, Steve. We associate that statement. You know, um, it said, you know, they were speaking to the church. We automatically assume that means. They were all huddled in a building. Ah, that's a great point. We, we automatically mentally assent to that being what we have today. Because that's the lens that we're viewing from. Correct. So and that's we, a great point, We Scott. already say, oh, they must have been all sitting together in a church building. It doesn't say that. And we don't, we don't know unless it says they met house to house or they went house to house. Or we're assuming based on our perspective that that means they were in a building. We don't know that. Well, here's what we do know, Scott, 
they, we know that they were not meeting in a building like it, like the way that we meet in a building today. It could have been an open, uh, like a courtyard thing. Yeah, it, and we a, don't know. And actually, scripture, scripture or under a tree. Yeah, they. <laughs> it's interesting because it's it, the word church is actually the Greek translation. You could use gathering, right? Gathering, and so the gathering for the most part happened from house to house and in the temple courtyards. Right. And so they had uh, many small gatherings where they would come together and they would occasionally have larger gatherings. But to your point, it could happen in a park. It could happen uh, huddled around a bunch of tables at a Starbucks. Yeah. It could happen, you know, wherever. It might have happened. They were all harvesting the harvest and they took a break and... It was 20 people, and that for them was church. Right. It wasn't what we have today, and it's a different space. And so it's important, Steve, just, I I know I interrupted, but just to point out some of these mindsets because instantly we go to what we know. That's right. And we default to this ingrained religion. They did not go to a church building and they didn't go to church building for hundreds of years. Actually, it wasn't until Constantine that began to change how we did it. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. So as we as we look and we're looking at the Americanized church, the way the formation of the Americanized church system, and then what we're doing is now we're looking at the New Testament, actual scripture. And what we found, Scott, is that what they instituted were elders. And so then it begs the question, who are the elders? Because we see in the Antioch church, it says prophets and teachers. Huh, where's the pastor? Well, someone could be saying, well, my church has four elders. Most likely, though, it's with a pastor and then four elders. With a pastor at the very top. Correct. And then elders. Who um, gets paid to be there. Who gets paid full-time, a full-time minister. There is no such thing in the New Testament as a Uh-oh. full-time minister the way that we do it in America. Right. Oh, boy. That's I just bad. stepped on a lot of toes <laughs> And there. that's why people don't want to support giving into churches because they want to know, what does this guy do all week? Where does the money go? These are just practical questions. I know yeah. people think this way. Of course they do. They don't want to give to that because they think, I work all week. What do you do? Everything in today's American church system, typically what happens, having been on staff, you prepare all week for the one day. Yeah, for the message, for for worship and a message. Yep, so you might spend, there might be a video team that spends 40 hours preparing for that video support for that lead pastor, 40 hours. Do you know what I can do with a team of five for 40 hours? I could probably have 35 people saved, healed, and delivered. Yeah. Uh, just marinate on that for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and so we're not, we're not against pastors. Uh, we're, but we are for truth. And so, let, let's look at, you know, where have we heard the, the, the you know, the, the, the phrase prophets and teachers together? Well, we heard that in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Yeah. And this is where I want to bring the listeners to. 
And scripture says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some uh, evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. What I'm submitting to everybody listening today is that those are the elders. Mm. Let me say that again. With the exception of the apostle, who has a a different role. We'll, We'll touch on that in a following episode. Prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Say this again. Prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. They are the elders of churches. This is what Jesus instituted. Yeah, there was enough health in that. You know, Jesus has a team. God has a team. Father, a team Son, Holy 12. Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit is a team. That's you a know, team of three. Yeah, there, there's there's health in that. Um, there's a healthy accountability. Most churches' accountability is through a denomination. So they'll meet with that accountability maybe once a quarter if they're lucky. And it's not the accountability. Like Steve and I have accountability. Why? I see Steve at least once a month. There's, there's enough relationship that if something was off, there's a healthy accountability. Here's what happens in church settings um, or American Christianity settings is they meet with that denomination once every six months. Do you know what that looks like? It's not healthy. It's just not. There's no way the guys leading that denomination can, can have enough healthy day-to-day rubs with that lead pastor yeah. when no one's around to have real accountability. So the accountability can be done in a report, in a print-up. Attendance, giving, salvations, baptisms. They want to know at a brush stroke, that for them is accountability. I don't think I don't that think sounds it's healthy. more like business statistics to me, Scott. It, it's not healthy and it's not real. Um, when my wife and I have real accountability discussions, they're very hard, Steve. Yeah. What happened to that money? What I thought you said that's accountability. <laughs> I said no. Oh, I thought you meant yes. That's life. Yeah. It's not that way. There's no life accountability. So what happens over a period of time is a pastor gets off on his own for let's say 12 years in New Hampshire. When he meets someone who who wants to hold him accountable, he gets very uncomfortable with that. Yeah, because he's used to calling the shots. He's you we're not bashing them. We're just calling it, hey guys, everyone listening, we're calling it the way it is. And so they get comfortable the same way congregants get comfortable just going to church and not doing anything. Yeah, yeah, that's also a good point. And so it's this really, it's almost like a business that needs to have a very hard reality check in the mirror and say, hey, what we're doing isn't working. Yeah. The way we've done church for decades, Steve, has to have a real hard look in the mirror against Scripture against Scripture, not against yeah. what the trends are in American Christianity. Right, there's a big difference. Right, and so when we look at Ephesians four eleven, this is what Jesus instituted. Right, he said apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teacher. Why he gave a team, he gave a ministry team uh, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So the perfecting, the maturing, the developing, the training of what? Of the saints. Why? 
for the work of the ministry, not for them to do the ministry, for us to do the ministry. For the 95% of us that would say, yeah, we, quote unquote, attend church, that phrase, that's an American phrase. It doesn't exist in the New Testament. We are the church. We're in community with each other. And, and Jesus instituted prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers because they all bring something different to that local gathering to develop, to train, to help them hear Holy Spirit from themselves, to help them uh, partner with Holy Spirit, to help them uh, stand on the Word of God. They all bring something different in their peers. And guess what? There's an accountability with each other as well. So why is it in the Old Testament, right, there's, uh, uh, there's safety in the multitude of counsel, yet we go into the New Testament in the Americanized church, there's one guy calling the shots. Um, that's actually not what Jesus instituted. Now, there's a place for pastors. I was just going to say. A pastor is an <laughs> you elder. You need a pastor. You need, you need someone a pastor. to teach you, you know, stuff. Life stuff. You need help in your marriage. Your kids are acting up. You need a pastor. You need people to walk alongside you in a healthy manner. Hundred percent. And all we're all we're condoning is dive into scripture. Read the book for yourself. I I had a guy. I want to give a shout out to Derry, New Hampshire. You know, I had a guy tell me he's reading the New Testament for himself for the first time. Yeah, that's he's, common. He's seeing in there. Oh. What Scott and Steve said are, is is true. It, it wait a second, and the challenge is he's at a home where they still go to church on Sunday morning, so he's got this rub, right? <laughs> he doesn't want to disrespect the family, but he's seeing something different in Scripture, and that's what we have going on. Well, and I think that's um, you know I think what we want to say here is in the formation that you know we look to what Jesus instituted. Jesus instituted a team of gifts that he sent to the body to serve, equip, develop, uh, and love the body. And so a prophet's going to teach that gathering of people how to hear the Spirit of God. An evangelist is going to teach those people how to pray and deliver healing to the sick and see them get saved and and cast out demons and whatever else they need to do. A teacher's going to teach them the Word of God. Um, a pastor is going to uh, care and shepherd them, yeah. their marriage, their children. They're all needed, guys. They're all needed. And so what's happened is in our Americanized church where there's one guy, we're missing the other 60%. Uh, sorry, 25%. What's that? <laughs> 75%. My God. Good job, I, Steve. I have a finance degree, <laughs> by the way. Uh, the 75% of the gifting that Jesus instituted the body. So it's we're not saying do away with pastors. We're not saying that at all. What we're saying is that's it's one of four, and we need the rest uh, of the elders to come and, and, and bring what they bring by Jesus to equip and develop us more holistically and build us up into Christ. There, there's a reason a lot of American Christians are afraid of evangelism. You want to hear the reason? They don't see They're it modeled. They're all pastors. They don't see it modeled by the pastor. <laughs> Why? Because he's a pastor. Because he's a pastor, he not an evangelist. evangelist. So when I talk That's to a, the point. a pastor about evangelism, they're like, oh, um, well, we give out backpacks. That's not evangelism. Evangelism is teaching someone how to save a soul from from going to the bad side 
Preach the gospel. Preaching the gospel, teaching people, and unless they see it modeled and walked out, they're never going to do it. So a pastor can talk till he's blue in the face about how awesome it is to share the gospel. Sharing the gospel is not giving an altar call on a Sunday. That's not sharing the gospel, pastors. Yeah, it's living in your ecosystem. Sharing the gospel means you're going out of the four walls being Jesus with skin on. And so altar calls are not in the Bible. I know, Steve, here we go. Tipping the cow, (laughs) but it's not in there. It's not in there. So that's why we have people in our churches afraid of evangelism because we have fear-based leaders going, I'm not sharing the gospel. I'm a pastor. I but, don't do that. But here's why, Scott, and this is it's such a great uh, topic and conversation we're having right now. It's not happening in the churches because the pastor is not equipped, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, to uh, train and equip people to do that. That's the elder evangelist. And they feel bad by not being the guy who wears all the hats. So the default is we're going to just give out backpacks and right. make ourselves do, feel good. Do our best, quote unquote. And so they, the pastors are in an incredible amount of pressure to perform to these congregants because they don't want to lose them. And what we're proposing is get a team. Get the four, get the guys on the team. Yeah. So they can work do their, in a team. Get an evangelist on your staff. Hello. Tip. This is like a million dollar suggestion for any church pastor listening. A million dollars. Get a staff evangelist. Get a guy that eats, breathes, sleeps, drinks, digests salvation all day long. He's a breathing, living evangelist and get him bringing people to your church and get him training people to train others, to win people, to come to your church. You want to grow your church? Be an evangelist. Yeah. It's in the Bible. Yeah. And it, it and even in that, Scott, the reality of what you just said, it's one step. But what we're really talking about is an old wineskin versus a new wineskin. And when we say new wineskin, what we're saying is the original wineskin. Exactly. That's really what we're saying. And so, um, uh, you know. If you're that intimidated by someone else's gift... Listen up, leaders. If you're intimidated by someone's gift of evangelism, I question whether you should be in that position. Or let's deal with the issue of what you're afraid of. If you're that insecure as a leader with someone else's gift, that's not good. Well, and and, and that's where I think the whole, you know, we'll talk about the mindset and the culture <laughs> Uh, in a following episode, because we're, we're touching on some other things. <laughs> so as we begin to kind of wind this episode down, here's what we want to say. Pastors absolutely have a place in the New Testament church, and their place is alongside the other three elders of prophet, evangelist, and teacher, where you collectively work as a team to serve the people in, uh, that you're, you're quote-unquote shepherding, acknowledging the different giftings, offensive coach, defensive coach, special teams coach, uh, strength coach. They're all coaches, but they coach in different ways. And we need the, the, the people, the 95% of the people, 
We need these giftings. Got to have them. And so because all these other giftings got kicked out of the church building, then we've got evangelists functioning outside so we of have churches. to see as an evangelist we, steve we've got prophets. i have to go outside yeah because well, there's nowhere for me there's to go quote, unquote, no room um and so look at we we don't have scott and i we don't have all the answers by the way we don't have all the answers we don't know it all um what what is what is in our heart to do is to begin to awaken you are you on the foundation of jesus can you read the scriptures for yourself? Exactly. Can you hear the spirit of God for yourself? And so what I'd share with you is if, you know, this week, let this week be the week that you do a word study, a word search on the word elder. Get your friends even. Do a word search on elder. You are in your Bible study, in your gathering, you, you know, the, the, the people that you come together with to, to read scripture together. Do a word study on elder and begin in the book of Acts and read every place it says elder. And I'm telling you, <laughs> you'll you, you, it'll be a month and then your head will pop up and go, oh my God. What have we been doing? What have we been doing? And where do we go from here? And that's why we want to have you listen into the next episode because we're going to show you where it goes from here. And we want to be in your life. If you have questions, shoot us a note, send us a note on the, on the uh, kingdom come website and uh, we'll reach back out to you. Thanks for tuning in guys. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye-bye.